in your bulletin, you'll see it says the DNA of the church. That was the title of this morning's message, and that was the title of this morning's message until uh, until yesterday. Yesterday, I was here at the church and getting some things put together, and I'll be honest, we've been working on this series, the DNA of the church, for a couple of months now. And I've been telling Pastor, we've got this series uh, just about ready to roll, the first part of it for sure. And uh, so yesterday I was here just kind of putting the finishing touches on what I expected to be week one of the DNA of the church. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't have peace. I didn't have peace. It's, a good, it's, a, going to be, it's going to be a great series when God allows us to release it. But we want to release it at the right time and we want to be in, in, on God's time. And so last, yesterday I was up, I was up here and, and I just, I didn't have peace about it. It seemed like the more I studied, the more I wrote, the more frustrating I was getting. And I was like, God, I, I don't get this. And what's, what's going on? So finally, about four o'clock, I just come here in the sanctuary and I just spent some time in here and, and, and God just began to download some things. Cause I, I made the statement, God, I don't have peace about this. And he said, yeah, there's a lot of people don't have peace about much right now. Right. Oh, come on somebody. And so he began to download into my heart about peace, about peace. And this morning I stand before you and I'm 100% positive that God has a message this morning that he wants to speak to someone in this place, whether that be one person or, uh, or 50 people. Uh, someone's here for, for what, I, what, I, what, I'm, what God's about to say, not what I'm about, but what God's about to say. And so I just want to talk to you this morning about that title, Prince of Peace. How many have ever heard of the Lord Jesus referred to as he's the Prince of Peace? How many of you say, Pastor Jared, I'm going to be honest, I could use a little peace in my life right now. Okay. Well, today I want to tell you a story. And I want to tell you a true story. It's a true story about a king who voluntarily left his peaceful country to go try to help a land that was devastated by war. The king knew that many in this battlefield would not appreciate his rulership, even though he knew that he was what they needed. And so this king offered peace, and he was met at every turn with hostility and ultimately killed by those in this war-torn place, by those who were hateful people. But little did they know that by killing the king, that they would ultimately find peace in him if they would just trust his rulership. And this is a story about the Prince of Peace. And today I want to talk to you about the Prince of Peace and in a series, I don't know, God began to throw some things at me yesterday here. We're just going to call this series AKA God. AKA God. But today I want to talk about the Prince of Peace and I'm curious how many of you have something in your life right now that you wish was different? You have something in your life right now that you just wish was different. I, I, I know for a lot of people, it's a crazy time of year right now. I know for a lot of people, we're starting back to school. Uh, school's starting, schedules are crazy, everything's got to get done, got to go, got to go, got to go right now, got to get the house clean, got to get this done, got to get that done, got to get meals made. Life can just be chaotic, and I'm just describing my home. I don't know what your home's like, but it's just chaotic. We, had, we have all four kids in school now. All four kids are going to school. And when we send all four kids to school, me and Jenny thought, this is going to be awesome. 
all four kids are in school. There's some things we can do throughout the day. We can get the house done. We can get this done, that done, this project we have, and this, this, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. If you were to come to our house right now, because we haven't been in it since July, the end of July, and if you were to come to our house right now, I wouldn't let you in. I'd meet you at the front door and say, hey, how you doing? What do you want? <laughs> and you may say, little pig, little pig, let me in. I'm going to say, not by the hair of my chinny fat chin. No. <laughs> Because right now, we don't know, but in our kids' playroom, Jimmy Hoffa might be hiding in there. It is just, and instead of being the peaceful time that we thought that this was going to be, this has been a time that has been full of go, 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 go. And how many know that go, go, go can lead to a lot of anxiety for a lot of people? I find financially, a lot of people are just stressed out right now. We're spending and spending, and guess what's coming? This thing called Christmas. And guess what's coming before Christmas? <laughs> Three or four more cycles of bills. Yeah. Aren't you glad you come to church this morning and received that good news? Guess what's coming after that? Your kids are need, they need school clothes. Got to get school clothes. and Got to go by buy Walmart and buy two or three aisles full of stuff because they need that for school and, and oh, the tension, the anxiety, and we got to pay for this. And how are we going to pay for this? I mean, y'all remember the, the, the commercial, Wendy's, where's the beef? Y'all remember that, those commercials? That, that little old lady, she'd say, where's the beef? Remember that? Well, this morning, where's the peace? Right? That, that's that's kind of what I want to say. Anybody with me? Where is the peace? Isaiah 9 verse 6, prophetic verse. It's given some 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and in this verse, it calls Jesus four specific names, but today I just want to focus on that last name, and we're going to look at that, what Scripture says, that fourth name. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the fourth, he will be called the Prince of Peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And I hope that during our time together this morning that you can walk out of here and you can say, you know what, I know him as the Prince of Peace. And I want to turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, 10 through 14. Very well-known passage. It's more of a Christmas passage. We hear this passage a lot at Christmas time, but I just want to, I want to bring it to you here on this day. The Lord is speaking to the shepherds out watching their fold. And the angel says this, the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news, a great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Who is he? He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great group of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The angel said that there will be peace on earth because of this man. But when I think of the birth of Jesus and I think Jesus come to this world, I envision anything but peace. Come on, let's, let's just think about it for a second. First of all, a little teenage girl named Mary finds out she's pregnant, okay? And she's pregnant by God. Explain that one at the country club. Okay? Explain it. She's pregnant, she's pregnant by God. You know, God got me pregnant. Oh, yeah, Mary, a good one. Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. You know, you can just imagine. And from the very beginning, this was not peaceful. You travel through her journey, and at some point, she's nine months pregnant, and her, 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 her husband says, we've got to travel across country, and I've, I've rented the finest donkey they have. It's got air brakes, suspension, the whole package. 
So now nine months pregnant, she's got to travel across country on a donkey. Donkey! On a donkey! I remember, I'm not going there. (laughs) It's never good to tell pregnant stories from behind the pulpit. But nothing about that is peaceful. Think about that. Nothing about that is peaceful. They pull into town. She's about to have this baby. So Joseph, he goes to make a deal. He pulls in every hotel. Everything's booked. Motel 6, booked. Super 8, booked. Everything. She, he's checking Expedia, Hotels.com. He's checking every, everything is booked. And she's like, Joey, find me a place now. And finally, Joseph negotiates a deal with the guy and says, man, there's not a room in town. Okay, but I'd, I've got a barn. <laughs> And Joe says, okay, let's, let's go have a baby in the barn. And, you know, Mary's like, oh, this is what I've always pictured, surrounded by cattle and horses and sheep. And, you know, it's just a lovely picture. It's just, it's just going to be like our nursery, Joey. No, she's not excited about it at all, probably. It's anything but peaceful. And then can you say no epidural, no peace? I'll move on. The prince of peace enters the planet. And as he enters the planet, King Herod says, you know what? I've heard prophecies about this guy. This guy's going to overthrow me. This guy, he's he's coming to set up his kingdom. And it's like Herod thinks he's going to overthrow him. He's taking an earthly kingdom. So Herod says, you know what? Let's go kill this guy. So he sends all of his men to go find this boy. Then he says, you know what? Just to make sure we got this thing taken care of, let's kill every boy under the age of two. Can you imagine? That's not a peaceful place. It's not a peaceful time. This doesn't seem like peace to me. Now fast forward to today. I see people who just don't have peace. Don't have peace. Even even in the church house, we're stressed. We're stressed all the time. there's, there's, There's no peace. There's anxiety. There's tension. We see Christian marriages, and in those marriages, right, he knows Jesus, and she knows Jesus, and so there's got to be peace in this marriage. And, but the statistics show us that as many people inside the church are getting divorced today than people outside the church. Where's the prince of peace in that? I look at us, and I see financially, right now in America, people are making more money than they've ever made in their life here in America. We've made, we're making more money than we've ever made in our life, the average person here in America, and yet we're under more financial pressure than we've ever been in our life. Where's the peace? Where's the peace, right? Where's the peace? I look at relational tension. People can't get along. You pull into a mall parking lot. Used to, when you pull into a parking lot, you worried about people flipping you off, and that was it. Now you're worried about people pulling a gun out on you. Where's the peace? You send our kids, you send our kids to schools, and there's things happening at schools, car bombings, school shootings, countries at war. And you wonder, here in America, where is the peace? If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, what is happening? Anybody in here still? Anybody? This is just good, good preaching, and we're just taking it all in, right? Yeah. You're like, feed me, fat boy, right? Yeah. All right. I thought about <laughs> the pastor had the guts to say it. No one else did. <laughs> I always thought that peace would be this thing that would remove my anxiety. 
peace would, would calm when I'm disturbed. But when I studied Jesus and I studied the Prince of Peace, I find he's so much more than that. So who is this Jesus? Among many other names, he's called the Prince of Peace. And in the Hebrew, I want to get to this. In the Hebrew, it's the word Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom. Let's talk about those words. Sar, it means the one who's in charge. Sar means the one who's in charge. It means the captain. It means the chief. The Romans, when they had the word Sar, it quickly converted to the word Czar, C-Z-A-R. And then it became Caesar, like Julius Caesar. It was the one who was in charge. Jesus is the captain. He's the chief. He's the Sar Shalom. Okay, Sar Shalom. Men, when you get home today, look at your honey, give her a big kiss and say, you don't have to call me baby, just start calling me Sar. Okay? You don't have to call me sir, just call me Sar. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and all God's men said, hang out there and die on your own, preacher. That's, uh, I understand. I understand. But Jesus, the Sar Shalom. What does Shalom mean? Sar, Captain, Chief. What does Shalom mean? Well, Shalom was actually a greeting. You probably heard this, that people would give to one another. But Shalom actually means rest. It means wholeness. It means completeness. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. You can say it like this. He is the captain of rest. How many need that captain in your life right now? Come on, somebody. He is the captain of rest. As long as we are under Christ, we can have his peace. Now hear me. Does that mean we can do anything we want and still have peace? Of course not. Of course not. And this is where we are mixing and messing it up in America today. Because we want to do what we want to do. We want to live how we want to live and then come to church and experience the peace of God. And listen, it doesn't work like that. We can't go out and shack up throughout the week and live together then come and expect the peace of God, come on somebody, to reign in our life. We already took up the offering, right? Let's go at it. We can't expect that. We can't expect that. We can't expect to fight with our spouse all week long, all day long, all night long. We can't expect to, to holler and have big, hairy, knockdown, drag out fights, go ballistic, call each other names, embarrass our kids, whatever we do. We can't expect to do that and then come in and say, oh, God, give us peace. Doesn't work. Of course not. We can't go out and spend more money than we make. Oh, I'm meddling now. I'm, tell, I'm telling you this because I've experienced some of this. You know? When you go out and you get yourself in crazy, crazy debt, you can't come in and say, God, just give me peace over that new $1,000 dress I bought. <laughs> and I make 500 a month. God, just give me peace. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Man the doors. I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm being practical. You, you can't expect it in America. This is what we want. America, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. We want to go live on our terms, but live under God's benefit. We want to do our thing. We want to do it our way. We want to live life our way and then live under God's umbrella. 
And it's not that God is against you. God is for you. But when you make decisions like that, you step out from underneath his umbrella. You step out from underneath his favor. You step out from underneath his covering. And now the enemy has reigned on your life. And it's not God doing to, I've been talking to our youth on Wednesday nights for the last two Wednesday nights and I'm so sick of God getting blamed for everything that's going on. God doesn't have a hand in everything that happens. We make choices, we make decisions, we face consequences of those choices and decisions we make. God is not involved in everything that's going on in this world. There is an enemy who's after you. You got an enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, you got an enemy. He's after you. He wants you. Come on, somebody. This is good preaching. John Hagee has crowds this morning for preaching like this. Yes, come on. The Sar Shalom. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, aren't you glad we came? This is awesome. When we're outside the will of God, remember, captain, captain of rest, captain of rest. It's also where we get our term general, general. And so he's the captain, he's the general. Okay, look, <laughs> I just, I feel, I, I feel it right now. He's, he's the captain. The captain is calling the shots. If the captain's not calling the shots in my life, I'm calling the shots. Okay, and so he's the captain of rest. And if he's not calling the shots and I'm not listening to him and I'm not walking in obedience to what he's asking me to do, then I can't expect the protection of the captain in my life. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, everybody raise your right hand. Come on, raise it high, raise it high, raise it high. I feel this. I still love Pastor Jared. All right, put it down. Very good. Even if you didn't mean it, say it. So I, I take it like you did. He's the chief. He's the general. He's Lord. Peace is more. You know, I got a peaceful, easy feeling. Peace is so much. Aren't you glad I'm not on the worship team? <laughs> Peace is so much more than that. It's a rest. When you are under him, you can experience his peace. But when you step outside of his will and you step outside of his way, you will not experience his peace. And that's why we want to be under the authority of Sar Shalom, the prince of peace. Come on, someone say amen. What does that mean in our everyday life? Well, if you're taking notes, write this down. He is the peace who comforts you. And some of us right now, we have things going on in our life. They're just going haywire. And there is no inward peace. Understand, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, wants to bring you comfort this morning. And here's what he says. In John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Notice it's not your peace, it's his peace. My peace I give to you. Jesus gives you. He says, I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, whose peace does he give you? It's his peace, right? Not our peace, not my peace, his peace. It's the peace of the one who's in charge. I, I grew up in the woods, 
I grew up in the sticks of southeast Oklahoma where copperheads roamed wild. And they were our pets. Copperheads were everywhere in the woods. And I hate snakes. I hate snakes. I hate snakes. You say, well, that's a good snake. Let it live. No, it's a snake. Let it die. I hate snakes. I, you know, and, and, and this past week on Thursday or Friday, me and J.D. Thursday, we were out here mowing. Uh, we, we killed two snakes out here. Some of y'all would say they're good snakes. Nope, they're dead snakes now. They're snakes around me. <laughs> and if they're a snake around me, it's a dead snake. You know, and so I, I hate snakes. Did I tell you I hate snakes? I hate snakes. I hate them. They remind me of Satan. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's how I picture Satan. <laughs> right? I don't know. But I just, you know? Some people say, well, snake is good. I don't care. I want its head off. That's what I want. Seven iron. Take it clear. <laughs> Never mind. But as a kid going out, I'd ride a four-wheeler out in the pasture, and I'd get off, and I'd, you know, we'd throw hay out, throw a salt lick down, throw a mole mix. Anyone know what mole mix is? Y'all remember mole mix back in the day? I don't even know if they have it anymore, but mole mix is a big old tub, cattle's a lick. Sometimes Zach boys will lick it too. It's all good. It's all good. But, you know, I'd go out, check all that stuff, and there'd be a copperhead, you know, and, and I, you know what I'd arm myself with? I'd arm myself with a shovel and a hoe, garden hoe, you know? You go out and you know, and go out there, and the snake was around. I take the shovel, take the garden hoe, and go to hacking. But one time I had too much of a close encounter because sometimes those copperheads can be a little bit aggressive. And when I say sometimes, I mean all the time if they feel threatened. And so you take that hoe, and I'd start to hacking. And when they realize this guy is after me, they start coming at you. They're not trying to get away; they're trying to come at you. And so they'd come at you. And after a couple of times of facing copperheads like this, I realized, you know what? I need something different. I need a gun. I need the biggest semi-automatic weapon. <laughs> Give me a cannon, you know? And so I asked my dad, I said, Dad, can you teach me how to shoot a gun? I was probably, I don't know, fifth, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And I asked him, can, can you teach me how to shoot? Now, uh, you know, because I just felt like I'd have a lot more peace if I had a gun. And so... Uh, I didn't know how to use a gun. So dad's out there teaching me how to shoot. And even after he's teaching me how to shoot, I still don't have peace. <laughs> because how many know when you get in that, in that moment, for some reason, I don't know about you, but when I get in that moment, my hands start doing this, you know? <laughs> Snake's coming, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, you know? <laughs> and in that moment, I don't know if I'd shoot the snake or my foot or my head. I have no idea. And so, until I got a little bit more steady-handed, my dad sometimes would go out with me. And uh, when dad went out with me, I had peace. Why did I have peace? I had peace based upon something I was doing. No, I had peace because of who was with me. His peace. I've seen my dad just shoot heads clear off from a good distance. And so his peace, he gave to me because I knew my dad was, was able to take care of what was bringing me anxiety. And so his peace he gave to me. Does that make sense? I'll explain it this way. There's a lot of people in here, a lot of you men in here, who you can fix anything, okay? You can fix anything. You could build a building with a paperclip and superglue. 
okay? You guys are just fantastic like that. Me, not so much. I'm just being real. Not so much. My car breaks down. Some of you guys, you can be like, well, it's this, this, and this. You need to look this, and you look that, and look that. And I'm like, hey, anyone got a tow truck to a mechanic shop? I mean, that's, I, I don't know it. But when you guys come over and you say, hey, put this wire here and twist that together and plug it in and do this and do that, I have peace. I don't panic. Why? Because I know I'm not gain, going off my peace. I'm, I'm going off your peace. You know what you're doing. You know what's going on. And so what we want to do is we want to be underneath the authority of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He gives us peace. It's not our peace. It's his peace. He gives us his peace. Does that make sense? Now, when you go to a buffet, know this. You should be at peace because you're with me. Okay? I know my way around that place. It's all good. <laughs> be at peace. I have overcome the buffet. <laughs> so, some of us might say here this morning, I'm wrapping up, I'm closing. That's the first one. Remember, there's three strikes and then I'm out. Some of us say, well, pastor, I'll be honest, I'm facing some things in my life. I don't have peace. I don't have peace. And I'm talking to you from experience now. Because maybe a lot of times in my life when I haven't walked in peace, I'm a believer and I'm in love with Jesus Christ, but I'm trying to do some things in my own energy and I'm trying to do some things my own way. I'm trying to figure it out my own way. I'm trying to solve it my own way. I'm trying to learn how to cope it, cope with it in my own way. But he's a Sar Shalom. He's the chief of rest. He's the captain of rest. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this. says, do not be anxious about anything. How many right now are anxious about something? He says, do not be anxious about anything. He says, but, but, but. He says, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving and understanding, uh, with, uh, with, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. And then the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What do we do? When we're outside and we're trying to cope with things our own way, we need to step back under the authority of God. Step back under his umbrella and say, okay, God, I'm not doing this on my own anymore. I give it to you. I throw it up. Throw it. Cash your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. God can be trusted. He cares for you. I'll give an example as I close this morning. That's two. My mom passed away. And when mom passed away, I knew I needed to speak at her memorial service. I wanted to speak. I didn't know if I was able. I, you know, every time I start going over things, I just break down. I just, I just bawl like a little baby. It's even the morning of, her funeral started at 10 o'clock, and that morning of, I'd woke up, and I'd been up since about 4.30, and just going over what I wanted to say, and even just going over it there in mom and dad's living room, I just, I couldn't get through it. And I remember, uh, I, I told my father-in-law, my father-in-law was there, and he, he, uh, uh, he spoke at it as well, and I said, hey, I made a copy of my notes, and if I can't get through this, I'm not going to make a scene, I'm not going to get up there and blubber all over everybody. I'm just going to step down. You come up and finish it off. And he's like, oh, okay. 
And so I got up there, and as I got up there, uh, we looked, and and uh, my mom's funeral, there was several hundred people there. It was one of the, just, just a huge, huge outpouring of love from my mom. She'd been the secretary there at the school for 20-something years. My mom was one of those people that knew everybody. And I got up behind that pulpit that day, and, and I had my notes in front of me and all the things I wanted to say. And I just took a deep breath, and I thought, God, if you don't help me, I, I'm not going to get through this. But I, I want to do this, God. I want to do this for my family. I want to do this for mom. I want to say what needs to be said. I want to honor her life well. And I said, God, give me the words. Give me the words. And just like that, God laid something, just just, just three words, three words that I was just to, to start with. This is how you're going to start it. And this was right there as I'm, as I'm at the pulpit. And I, I looked at, to my family. I looked at, to her brothers and sisters and, and my brothers. And I looked at family who were in a lot of hurt and pain and I too was experiencing that and I looked at my dad and I just kind of gave a wink to my dad my dad was sitting about where Brooke's at so I'm not winking at you Brooke I'm just showing what what I did (laughs) Brooke's like thank you because I was getting weirded out there for a second but I just I gave my dad a wink and he just he kind of kind of looked at me and shook his head and I said guys God is good God is good. And I saw smiles just begin to come over my aunts and uncles and their faces and people who love my mom. And it was just like, because I don't know what they were expecting that moment, but I just, and you could feel the peace of God just cover, cover everyone who was in that place in that moment. And in that time, we, we begin to laugh and we begin to share memories and we begin to share things that, that just brought, brought smiles to our face and laughter to the atmosphere. And God was good. Was that a good situation? It was not a good situation. But God was good. But God was good. It was a tough situation. And right now, you might be going through a tough situation. You might be hurting. You might be experiencing that same hurt as I stood behind that pulpit that day, hurting because of something that's not working out or hurting because of something that's not going on in your life or hurting because of something that you just don't see happening that you thought would be happening by now or hurting because of a relationship that's been broken or hurting because just something going on in your body or something going on at the job or something going on at home. You might be hearing you're just hurting. I I just want you to know God is good. Our situation may not be good. Our situation might be hurt. It might be hurt. It, it might be hurtful. It might be painful. But God is good. And I said, God is good. Let me say it one more time. God is good. And in that moment that I said that to my family, God is good. My aunt Carol or my aunt Barbara, they're sitting right over there. And my aunt Carol, she hollers out all the time. And everybody just kind of erupts a lot and just broke the atmosphere because no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, even in the midst of hurt, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of trials, there's a peace of God that passes all understanding when everyone else is crumbling and falling apart. Listen, it doesn't mean we don't shed tears. It doesn't mean we don't feel the pain. It doesn't mean we don't feel what's, what, you know, what's really just wrenched our heart, but what it does mean is that we know we are underneath the authority and the leadership of Sar Shalom, and he's got this and he's got me. God is good, amen? Amen. If you believe that, put your hands together this morning. Sometimes we don't know how good God is until we go through how hard life can be. Sometimes we don't know how good God is 
until we face something where we didn't realize how hard life could be. God is good. God is good. God is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. Some of you just need to receive that right now. God is good. God is good. God is good. He is good. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, right now, I just pray. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice this morning. Those who will be listening to this by by our podcast online. God, you know exactly where each and every soul in this place is at. And God, there's a couple of things going on here today. A couple of things that you just highlighted to me. One, there might be people here who have stepped under, underneath, out of your leadership. They don't have a relationship with you. They're doing it their own way. They're trying to make it their own way. They're trying to live life according to their own rules, their own guidelines, their own boundaries. And God, what we need to realize is living for us hurts us. God, we face things that we never, you never wanted us to face because you want us underneath your authority. And so, Father, this morning in this place, there may be those who said, you know what, I've, I need to get things right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never invited him into your heart, or maybe you have, but you know right now you're not living the way he's asked you to live. And listen, he, he, he doesn't line things up in our life to teach us a lesson. He doesn't line things up in our life just to be mean. He doesn't line things up in our life. Just in heart. He loves you. He loves you. And his goal this morning is a relationship with you. And maybe you're here today and you would say, Pastor Jared, I, I, I need to get things right with you. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you need to rededicate your life. Come back, Sar Shalom. Come back, the captain, the chief of rest. If that's you today, will you slip your hand up right now? Just slip it up and run back down. Anybody in the house? try our absolute best but sometimes we try in our own strength in our own power we try to do it our own way we love God for some whatever reason it is maybe it's we think it's too little for him to handle or it's too big for him to handle or we got ourselves in so we need to get ourselves out whatever the situation might be you love Jesus this morning. You're in a committed relationship with him. There are just things going on. You're like, God, I, I need to give it to you. 
I don't have peace about this. I don't have peace about this because I'm not the captain of this. Because you're not the captain of this. I am. I've been playing captain for too long. I've been trying to handle this all on my own. I've been trying to handle my marriage all on my own. I've been trying to handle my finances all on my own. I've been trying to handle this situation all on my own. And God, today I need, I need to give it to you. I need you to be captain of this. Sonny, throw this to you right now. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right now? Anybody in the place? Yeah, yeah. Stand your feet with me this morning. Amen. Father, right now, you see every hand that was raised. God, you see every heart that said, God, I need, I need peace. I need peace. God, right now, this situation is just chaos. I need peace. I need your hand to extend my way. I need to give this to you, and I need to throw this back to you. And I say, God, help me. God, help me. Father, you see every hand that was raised. You see every heart that was lifted. And God, I pray right now that from the throne room of heaven, that your peace that passes all understanding, as they give it to you right now, we've got to make a decision right now. I'm, I'm giving this to you. God, I'm given this situation. I'm given this relationship. I'm given this hurt. I'm given this pain. I'm given this difficulty. I'm given this frustration. I'm giving this to you, God. I'm, I'm making a, a, a decision right now. I'm not doing this on my own anymore. God, I, I can't be captain of this. If I'm captain of this, I'll mess it up. If I'm captain of this, God, I'll continue to feel the way I feel. I'll continue to, to do what, what I've been doing. But God, I, I need you. I need Sarge Nalom to take this. As I cast this anxiety before you, as I cast this fear before you, as I cast this worry to you, as I cast this regret, as I cast this failure, as I cast this hurt, as I cast this pain, God, I give it to you. God, help me to stay under your cover. Help me to stay under your cover, under your leadership, and under your authority. And God, we love you today. And I pray your blessing upon those who are here this morning those who are facing difficulty, those who are facing situations that they never thought they'd be walking through. God, in the midst of the battle, may we feel the peace of Sar Shalom. In the midst of the battle, may we feel the peace of Sar Shalom. God, we love you and we praise you today. And we ask for your blessing to go with our people today. And we ask for your peace to go with our people today. And we do this in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen.